BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. G'day and welcome back to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm back, baby. We're talking bonks and flogs. We're talking trade targets. We're talking Twitter questions. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, the one who's here each and every week. uh, (laughs) I'm joined once again by my uh, good friend and co-host of the show, Luke Rogerson, mate, it's good to have you back. It's, it's good, good to be back. Yes. I, I was I've missed a week, so I wanted to do the intro, just <laughs> wet me whistle and just get back into it. Yeah, so it's, it's well, uh, well, first of all, before we get on to the show, uh, a lot of the people missed you last week, but first of all, we're just going to say congratulations, the uh, the. Baby girl? Yeah, you can call me daddy now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and it won't, be, and it won't be weird. <laughs> yeah, you've been, uh, <laughs> been practising your dad jokes for uh, all season long, it feels like, at the moment. Yeah. And uh, finally... Now I'm qualified. You, now, yeah, now you've gone from uh, apprentice to uh, to qualified. You yeah. know, just like I've the, got the cat to pick qualification, you've got the dad joke <laughs> qualification as well. Hopefully so, it levels... Uh, congrats, hopefully mate. It, thank you. Hopefully it levels up some of my dad jokes. But um, I, had, I have a, a little story for... Um, people out there who have been following along, but um, last Tuesday, uh, yeah, little little daughter, sounds weird to say daughter, but little daughter was born, yes. um, and uh, anyway, Brookie, my lovely partner, she was an absolute battler, she um, got stuck in, and anyway, she's, she's mid-labour, she's going hammer and tong, and she's just pu- pushing her little heart out, and she gives it a... Let's go <laughs> in the middle of labour. You could let's go. You could have knocked me over with a leaf. She's she's going absolute flat flat strap, hey. and she's giving it a let. That's that's the how ball in boys the... were in there. They were in the uh, in the room. <laughs> Mate, you know? That's that's how in the psyche you are. Is we've got ladies in labour yes. saying let's go. So. All right. Well, the ball boys. We we know we stretch. You know, all across the different avenues of the. You know the uh, the zeitgeist of, <laughs> of people's minds. So that wasn't even your challenge, word. No, yeah, <laughs> we didn't even do that. No, we didn't. I, of course, we did a good one for you today. But uh, let's head over and start to talk about uh, our favourite segment to kick off the show. And the winner of the Norm Smith Medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. 
Bogs and Flogs, week 17, round 17. Yeah. Uh, I've been friendly these last couple of weeks, so I'm giving myself the flogs. And uh, first week back, I'll get you starting off by being the nice guy this Thank week. Thank you, Matt. So. I'll be the nice guy. So we had uh, the Tigers taking on Sydney uh, in the first game of the week. And this, yes. is, this is becoming a hard watch for you because Errol Goulden just keeps getting it done. And yeah. he's a bloke that so you... So he's your best on ground? He's my best on ground. You, you chose to part ways with him a few weeks back. And... Initially, it didn't seem like a terrible call, and I still don't think it's a terrible call. But I think I think the logic. I think the logic. I still stand by the outcome that has happened. I think retrospectively, I'll call it a flop. I'll 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 eat my. You know, I'm not too proud to say that it probably, with hindsight, was maybe a mistake. uh, Had you traded in Tom Mitchell instead of Dugowie, it could have been. Yeah, I mean, look, I traded him out when he was priced at 116, and that was, what round are we in now, 17? That was probably about five rounds ago, and in his last five rounds, he is now averaging 118. So, he's actually doing better than what I thought he was going to be going and priced at. Um, So, look... He's um he's hurt me, and for that reason he's the flog as oh, well for this game. Because, he's done the double. Come on, Errol! Like, what are you doing, <laughs> mate? Like, no CBAs, pure winger. The man is just as thirsty as they come. He's he doesn't so... sit on the bench. He he just goes and goes and goes all game. So yeah. just for me and the nine other people in the top one thousand that don't have him, <laughs> he is the flog uh, because we can't move up. It's, because of it. it's just as enjoyable watching you watch Sydney games <laughs> as it is watching the footy these days, watching oh. you just pull your hair out. But yes. um, now, on, oh, on Friday night, we moved on to the Doggies and the Pies. And yep. I mean, there were a couple of players that scored well in this game, but I thought if there's anyone who's picked up Caleb Daniel in the last few mm. weeks, I think they'd be very, very happy with themselves and they would have been happy again on the weekend. So, Caleb... Um, you're getting it done in there at the moment, and uh, if if you're owned by some people, you're quite pottish as well. Yes, he is. He's very pottish, and he's he's playing back. He's playing midfield. He's he's doing wing yeah. roles. He's doing everything. So he just does whatever Bevo wants him to do, and seems to score most uh, weeks pretty well. So yes, he is doing a good job. Uh, my flog for this game is Bailey Smith. Um, just. Just for our reputation's sake, because... <laughs> Don't bring it up. We People have forgotten. Can't, I can't believe that we were in on this guy in the preseason, but he is he has looked a shadow of himself yeah. these last couple of weeks. Um, you know, the role has been... It's been completely gone for most of this season, and... Um, completely devoid of confidence, didn't I think he? the confidence looked, is gone too now, yeah. You know what I think about him is he would just be the prime player... That if he gets tra- if he got traded yeah. for some reason, change of scenery, so, oh, he you'd be all over him, oh, wouldn't you? And yeah, his price would be way down. He's going to be very cheap next year. He's probably still going to be a Ford eligible player, so yeah. it is probably going to be someone we'll have another conversation about. But like, if say he does these kind of things for the rest of the season, like how do you go and pick a player like oh, that? It's, it's going to be tough to sort of um, sort of have that numbers based evidence to yeah. pick him if the back off season looks like this, but. We know we can do it. He's, he has put up some uh, hundreds this season. But, yeah, the role is just not there. The confidence is not there. And, uh, yeah, Bailey Smith just making us look like fools yeah, at the start he, of the season. Absolutely. Now, yes. uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, the Eagles travelled up to the Gabatoire. And a lot of people, or a few people anyway, um, either had the, the VC or the C on this man. And that's Lockie Neal for the bog there. Yes. He um, did a bit of waxing in that game and he got to a... Very nice little mid one twenty score that you'd be very happy to take as either a, a captain or a vice captain. Yeah, he was number two on the bi- on the on the ball boys big boys. So you know, did the boys proud there and came good. Should have backed him in myself when I 
decided not to take we'll that. But yeah, we'll talk about that. But yeah, did did well. And obviously, the West Coast matchup is continuing to uh, provide us 120 plus scores. Not too much floggish behavior in this game. I've given it to David Robertson just because some people out there might have been crossing their fingers for a good score against West Coast as like a rookie loop option potentially with Sheldrick not working um, and you know dished up a sub 60 score. So. Not good enough, Robbo, but again, not too much floggish behaviour in this game. Uh, now, GWS taking on Hawthorne, and there was some interesting stuff to come up from this game, and I know you talk about it when you talk about your flog, but one of the um, mm. very, very impressive things, a lot of people would have made that move Dunkley straight across to Cogs this week, and yes. if you did, you copped his highest score of the year. Yes. Uh, 137, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah, something like that, 135 or in um, that mid-130s range. It was, it was and, impressive. And the, the knock on Cogs was he hasn't had much of a ceiling this year. And <laughs> I, I, look, I did flag, I think, a few times in, in our podcast and also when I jumped on with the uh, Fanatics guys that just because he hasn't had a ceiling games doesn't mean he won't pop one or two or a few down the stretch of the season because he's got the role. Yep. He's in there high CBAs a lot of the times and uh, he just took all the, the points in the Giants midfield for that game, so... He yeah, did. very impressive. Flog for this one. I'm going to give it to another just shockingly bad performance. Josh Kelly. He's not super highly owned, but I just have to shout out this guy. Scored 30. 30 points. Now, he was getting tagged. He was getting he clamped by Finn, Finn McGuinness, but his back pocket. six touches, no marks, three tackles, 30 points. 30. Like, that is that is For absolutely guy. disgusting. He's one of the best players in the comp. You can't tell me that he is going under 10 touches for a game. Tag or no tag? Yeah, that's it for a guy of his that's quality. I didn't watch the game closely, but you'd expect if a guy's getting tagged that hard that his teammates would have gone over and put a Done little bit of, something bit of to... body on McGuinness to try and get him free. Or, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty rough from, from uh, Jelly. Yeah, 1% owner the top 1,000. If you are a coach in the top 1,000 with a Josh Kelly... Uh, Commiserations to you, but let us know in the comments. So I would, uh, yeah, love to love to see those people out there battling. Hopefully, he can reward you oh, <laughs> next yeah. week uh, and turn it around. But now, a fantasy uh, relevant game on Saturday night mm-hmm. saw St Kilda take on the D's, and I think it'd be the first time this year. But Jack Steele, yes, is he back? Is he back? Well, he, yeah, <laughs> I think he has to be. Um, with a score the like this, he. Kicked a goal, got lots of marks. Looking at him Time too, on ground was up. I feel like he passed the eye test. Yeah, I feel. Did it, you watch much of this game? Yeah, I, I was sort of flicking between the two games. Yeah, um, and, and it felt to me so he's double digit tackles, mm-hmm. which is always something that I think we like to measure him on. His mm-hmm. that's his intensity at the contest, um, and then he just looked like he was moving out of stoppage a little bit cleaner. Whether it's a one-off, I don't know, but um, for those people that have been putting up with some pain, I think they would have been really, really happy with that. I will say that Melbourne have been giving up a lot of points recently, and especially with, um, we'll talk about his role later, but Petrarca playing less time in the midfield. I think that Melbourne's uh, mids were particularly soft in this matchup in terms of giving away a lot of points fantasy-wise. So, um, little flag on that one there, but yeah, obviously you can't ask for much more than a, that a 140 score from Steele. Uh, Flog, I'm going to give it to Simon Goodwin because of the flicking around of the magnets. <laughs> and uh, with the hair, Fritch out, he's put Petrarca forward uh, for the most he has the entire season. And uh, just when a lot of people are starting to trade into him, when he's been looking great the last couple of weeks, obviously no Oliver. Um, and no Oliver, now he's playing more forward, go figure. So just There's- a little bit more of a headache than players who traded into him would have wanted to have. 
even though he's still uh, tunned up, you get that little pit in your stomach, don't you, when you're yeah. you I mean, premium I think player. he kicked three or four goals. He did to get um, to that. So you get that little feeling in your tummy where you're like, oh, goals. I got away with one this week, but in that role. Yeah, four goals and he only got 104. Like, mm. four goals with Petrarca. Normally you think that's a 140. Yeah. So, yep, correct. Yes, um, something to definitely pay attention to. And uh, Simon Goodwin just, you know, flog for that kind of question-raising uh, behaviour. Well, you, you're um, potting the coaches here because over at Port Adelaide Gold Coast, you've got your floggers, Stewie Jew. What's going on there? Yeah, Stewie Jew just, I don't know, man. Something, <laughs> something about Stewie Jew just rubs me the wrong way. I feel like he's he's don't, Bevo's trainee or something like that. shame him, mate. That's no. terrible. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but no, just the fact that, like, you've got players like Tuke Miller, who's, you know, playing forward prominently for this game. You've got yep. Swallow's still getting all those CBAs when I don't know what he's doing. Bailey Humphrey's back in the CBAs when he should have been there the whole time. Um, Lucky Weller pops in there for a single CBA. That just seems really weird. Um, yeah, just just can't get a read on his rotation and the roles for a lot of those yeah. like um, outside players. But the one guy who does seem to sort of be in his good books is our bog for this game, Noah Anderson. Now, his top score with 104 in this game, so that it's nothing me, to write home about. That for me, there's no bog in this game. Top, <laughs> top score of 104, don't worry about it. But, but I will say that Port Adelaide are the hard matchup. So yeah. I, when I traded in um, Noah Anderson, this was always the matchup that I sort of went, oh, okay, I'll circle in a little you know, 85-90 sort yep. of score him. But for him to still get you know the highest score of the game, 29 disposals, um, still get his 104, I'm pretty happy with that as an owner, and he has a better run coming up after this game. So I'm feeling more confident in Noah Anderson than it was a couple of weeks ago when he was out on that wing. Yeah, especially the, the week that I traded into him when I could have gone Crouch as well. What Crouch um, has sort of done in the last four weeks, I, I've obviously... It's kind of balanced out. That's it. I think Anderson's working hard to make me not completely regret that one. He's um, more unique as well, so now, he keeps it getting it done. Correct, Amundo. Sunday times, uh, Geelong taking on North Melbourne. Uh, Stewart saved this one a little bit. When I looked over... I, yeah, yeah, I thought, geez, that's going to be a poor one. I think mid-70s, and then I looked back... I think he got, got hit by Roy's, uh, Roy's rocket. Yes, yeah, well. I did see that on Twitter. So, Roy, keep doing God's work with those rockets, mate, especially <laughs> when they're players in my team. But um, yeah. he and I wanted a little shout-out for... Uh, old Jerry there. Your boy, the, the yeah. round one, Tristan Jerry. The round one trade out after the, the injury, but he's back and he's gone 110. So this justifies your, your pick here a little bit. You know, well, it's sort of a bit of vindication. Well, he was on track for 150 before he went down in yeah. that first game. And he's got a 110, but he's averaging 135. I mean, I think I think Selby made the same pick in Supercoach. So if you make the same pick as, as the great man, then Mate, you must be onto something, right? You, you can already just do some of these, <laughs> even if it is an injury. The so. prodigy. Uh, <laughs> flog behaviour now. We don't normally give it to rookies, but this... This man is no normal rookie, Harry Sheasel. And again, I probably could give it to his coach as well because uh, I, I didn't watch this game, but a lot of people I've seen reports of Harry Sheasel playing some forward time. His heat map suggests that he's still a little bit in the back line, so he might have been sort of jumping between a couple of different positions. But obviously, a uh, very poor score on the weekend. I think, was it 50-something? Yeah, it was um, And some people might have actually traded him in, traded into him with the news that Zebel was the sub. Zebel ended up coming on early anyway with an injury, uh, which I think was an ACL um, for, uh, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, so his role, a little bit all over the shop as well, 52, and he's coming up against Hawthorne. Is there a tag coming? I'm not sure, but um, yeah, just just not good enough. At this time of the year, we can't be having those kind of scores on our ground. Agreed. Uh, Essendon and Adelaide, this, this was a fun watch. So this, this was, uh, Brooke and I got back from the hospital and we thought, yep. oh, we'll invite Ellie and Mitch over to watch some footy because 
it was uh, it was Adelaide, and we know that we've got the the big guys at Adelaide playing there with yes. Keyes as well, and yes. I think uh, Dawson featured on in the top three. Your big boys, I think, or uh, he, was he was he was number six. Okay. But there was like yeah, my top five was close to being top six. Anyway, yeah, anyway you yeah. you did a little bit of cartwheeling and ended up putting the C on Laird. And yeah, I, I try to be tricky for, for anyone who watched this game. The only thing stopping Mitch from throwing something at my TV <laughs> was basically my newborn daughter <laughs> yes. sitting next to him she on the couch. She was doing a very good job of keeping <laughs> me from just exploding. Yeah. And Ellie's sitting there going, it's okay, it's okay. And you're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And, and uh, anyway, you, you, of, talk, you yeah. talk through it. Well, anyway, just the amount of times, and the two, there was two instances in this game specifically which I nearly, yeah, like I said, threw something at the TV <laughs> where a teammate's kicked him the ball and it's an easy as plus six, as plus six as you like and they've just overshot it and it's gone straight over his head and it's just those moments like that that frustrate the hell out of me because those should be six points. But anyway... The best on ground we've got yeah, here is, sorry, we digress. Is, is his last quarter waxing, oh. and it was it was beautiful. I it think was we, absolutely beautiful to behold. So I think it was like he was on 70 or something at three-quarter time, and he's yeah. ended up with a 116, am I right? 116, with and, a late adjustment oh, as well. But there was no chance of him getting there, and in the last four or five minutes of the game, he just got three of the cheapest plus sixes you've ever seen row, anyone bang, get. Bang, bang. No influence on the game whatsoever, <laughs> and we were just riding him home. Yeah, so. I was, yeah, it was literally the last two minutes. He ended up with 48 points in that last quarter so it was going to be a, a pretty bad score I've given up a 114 from Bont to chase a unique captain and uh, it was all worth it two points <laughs> improvement so let's go uh, but yes that was that was a bit of fun mixed in with a bit of horror there as well and for this, this game we were sort of noting it as we went but it just felt like there was so it was so high scoring there was such a fast paced game yeah. style that it didn't allow those contested guys like a keys, Laird early Laird. like a Keys to get involved so that that was just uh, the second half was obviously much more there bit better pace so bit better. last yes. game last what we game got? Frio versus Carlton explain yourself for this uh, this best on ground you've got here look I, I just thought you know He's due. I, I thought I've, I've potted this we, bloke we all year. We beat him up too much. Yeah, I traded him out, but Hayden Young looked like he actually wanted the pill a little bit when we were watching that game. I wish he had done that when he was in, in my team, the Ox shorts, but um, he actually had a little bit of a crack. So Hayden Young, you can have the bog this game. <laughs> okay, feeling sorry for the man. Just want to make up amends. Uh, I'm going to give the flog to, again, more coaches, uh, Michael Voss and Sam Walsh here, because I don't know if you saw, but he was before this game, he was a forward. He was eligible to get yeah, forward status. Yeah, I saw this. And uh, Michael Voss went, nah, stuff your fantasy teams, mate. <laughs> He's playing in the guts for the most amount of times this season. Um, it's highest amount of CBAs this year and uh, didn't get the, the forward status. Still didn't put up a great score. 90 points is just what we're kind of getting from Sam Walsh these days. And Yeah, uh, yeah so he's a, he's a mid only for the rest of the year. You're not going to get forward status. And now you're just kind of stuck with this underperforming premium, which... Um, I'm sure, you know, owners wouldn't want to have dealt with. So for both of those guys, they get the flog. Definitely a little bit rough. Now let's uh, quickly have a bit yes. of a chat about uh, the Content Creators content Cup. Creators Cup. Uh, before we do, shout out to uh, Guesty's uh, company there, Infinite Wealth, who are offering uh, the uh, course to financial freedom over there at the website. You can see there on the screen, it's infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL fantasy. Make sure that you put in that forward slash AFL fantasy. Get that's it for free. The, uh, yeah, that's the one that unlocks the, the free program. So um, it's uh, a great program and, and uh, the fact that he's got that initiative up and running and there's money involved for charity as well is, is a credit to him. So yep. um, how'd you go this week? Uh, got another dub this week. So still chugging along. 
still nice. sitting on the top of that leaderboard. It's so. getting closer and closer to you actually deciding a, a charity. To yeah, give well, some money well we've, to. we've still got the finals to come up, so I. I I dare say I've probably locked in a spot in the eight um, in there because I think it is not too far away that the finals actually start. But um, we'll sort of see how the seeding works out. But I've got a victory over uh, our good friend, um, just blank out, Carl Holmes, who I did, I messaged him at the start of the week. He and I have a very scarily similar team. We actually only had three uniques in this matchup. It just happened to be that. My uniques outscored him by um, not to not to name and shame the great man, but nearly two hundred points because he obviously had the. I think he was one of the unfortunate souls who traded in a Sheasel and uh, and the the Johnson who got subbed out in that last game as well. So a couple of unlucky breaks there, um, but yeah, very similar teams, which I thought was pretty funny. Who, uh, who was your matchup? What? How did you go? You, you broke the tie, the the tie streak. Yeah, yeah, I got the dub um, against uh, Nath there, the Ober Mullets. So yes. the the Oxons are still trending in the right direction. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah. gave uh, gave a fair lead up, but we're we're going the right direction. So we'll see how it all pans out. Mate, number eleven on the uh, overall there. You what are we? How far are you away from the eight? Oh, you're only one game out of the eight, so you still got chance to make the uh, chance, make the finals. Mate. So we'll we'll see how we go. We we'll keep hiking the comeback trail. Let's so. do it. Let's do it. All right. Beautiful. What are we talking now? We got some news from the weekend. Yeah, just talking some news. A little bit of news for us to talk about here. So we'll start off by just going through a few injuries and things like that and also talking about some shifts in roles. So obviously on that Thursday night, we had a couple of injuries with Jake Lloyd going down with a hammy. Unfortunately, there are a few people, notably uh, Manny Mottram right at the top there, have yeah. him in their side and, uh, you know, spare a thought for the old Matty Mottram. But Poor Matty, yeah. I, uh, his luck's his ran out from last year, winning the car uh, and everything. Still, I'll, I'll still swap ranks with him if he's, if he's <laughs> yeah, not If, if he's feeling down in the dumps. <laughs> yeah, if he wants, he wants me to take the keys to the high lux, I'll be, uh, be happy to. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past him to still, uh, still come back and, oh, and make something of this season absolutely. and definitely challenge for that top spot. But he's obviously gone down. If you have him, he is a must trade because obviously I think he will miss a bit of time. Probably a good excuse to trade underperforming premium anyway. Um, Angus Sheldrick had a bit of an ankle in that game. I think he sort of played out the game a little bit, but obviously with them already using the sub on Jake Lloyd, they didn't want to sub him completely. But I think pretty much sat the entire last quarter. And he already plays low time on ground. He's, yeah. I know he's break even. Is he a still... risk of being dropped? Oh, week? I mean, if yeah. he'd be Look, going so well up until that it point, would, it would be hard to drop a guy that you barely play on the ground and then you and then you bench for the entire last quarter. But I think that even so, his break even's thirty two. Mm. If he's your ticket to getting your, you know, your you fl- can now trade him. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Like, like if you've got another way to maybe get your your last sort of rookie mid pricer off the field or whatever, and and you can do that, and you can keep him. Like, he's not the worst rookie to keep if he's selected. But if if he's your ticket to getting that team full of uh, premiums, then I don't mind trading him. Yeah, I, I think the same. I think that he definitely can go. He's probably one of the last rookies I'd want to trade because again, just he has that first game of the round this yeah. this round, so you can still have a look at his score. And we've obviously seen his ability to go big at times. So um, we're starting it, to see. Also, um, like, and I think it's pretty indicative of this time of year, but like a steady trickle of just those kind of half-decent rookies coming through. Like yeah. a few of the West Coast guys look like they might 
tick yeah. over in value over the coming weeks. And then yeah, I think there's a few guys just sort of like slow burning. Yeah, sort of so I think there's the some guys there, to, so. to go down to a fear bench. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of role things here. Jack McRae, who I traded in last week as a bit of a unique play and uh, just... You know, trying to run that Bulldogs gauntlet here with the Bevo at the helm. Um, but yeah, back down to zero CBAs after I think he had 60% the week before. And his just CBAs seem to be all over the place. What I think's happened here, and I did have it as a slight flag going into the rounds, but sort of pulled the trigger anyway. Um, Ed Richards came back into the side. Yeah, sure. And then Caleb Daniel has moved back into the mids. And obviously McRae has then made way and gone forward a little bit there. So it shows that's something... That will continue to be like if he's going to be zero CBAs moving forward, or if he's going to fluctuate week to week. I'm not too sure, but yeah, again, just something to make note of. Shows the highs and lows of fantasy. How I was in the hospital looking at his score, and I thought, "Fuck, Mitch has got one up on me here" because he was scoring really <laughs> he well at the start. At the start, and then it, yeah, one of the and then it petered off, and I was like, "Oh, that's not too bad." And then I traded in Cadelio, and so I was fucking <laughs> yeah, up on yeah, my yeah. horse. Here we go. That's right. It yeah. just so shows. It's, it's, we yeah. all have that temptation to judge him after one week, too, don't that's we? That's right. Like, one week, chance. one quarter. Like, I think some people some people said, oh, mate, you're going to win a hat after that first quarter. And then, like, I'm like, oh, shit, I should have gone cogs and gone with the crowd. So, yeah, it's it's a roller coaster AFL fantasy. But, yes, it, it does look like he's going to remain in that half-forward role, um, at least for the near future. So... Make a note of that. And we mentioned before the Finn Callahan. Uh, sorry, Finn McGuinness. <laughs> we do that all the time, eh? Too many Finns in that team. Uh, Finn McGuinness <laughs> tag. He's back. They're not even in the same team. Oh, true. He played the team. That, yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, McGuinness, he's tagging. He's mm. tagging again, and we obviously scared us all in the preseason with the Nick Dacos thing. He's finally come and done it in round 17, but. It is definitely something for us to flag if they're going to do that moving forward because, obviously, when you hold Josh Kelly to six disposals in a game, yeah. you're a bloody good tagger. Um, so Yeah, oh, it's, it's tough, but because t- even the thought of a tag can kill you as well. Because, for example, we talked about this. Zach Merritt would have been yeah. a lot higher on the big boys. He would have, not, not for the risk of, oh, does he get some attention Keys. from yeah. from Keys. Um, this, but- this, to me, is just a good reminder that I know there's a popular narrative out there that like oh, tags are overblown and we, we, we jump at shadows, but I still... If you get hit with a good one. If you get hit with a good one, <laughs> it will fuck your weekend up. Josh- <laughs> it will absolutely fuck your weekend if up. You had a, if you had a C on Josh Kelly or something Legit, like... Legit, you would go into this matchup. Hawthorne, okay, true. easy matchup. Cool, let's go in, okay... Put a C on Josh Kelly or put a C, like let's say he went to, I know Tom Green did it, uh, made a meal of himself anyway, but say you went with a Tom Green and, and then he gets tagged or something like that. Like yeah. these things can really mess you up. So I'm I'm still nervous about going up into games where there could be a potential tag, just more so as well because we've got so many other options. You yeah. Know? Just go somewhere else that's a bit safer on the 1% or 2 or 5% chance that your player is going to get clamped to a 30 um, that would just be that'd be a, that'd be a season killer. Right That's there. a way you would have thrown something at my TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would not apologise. Uh, so yes, just be mindful of that. And uh, in that same game, Will Day's CBA is curious about this one because he's someone that we'll talk about when it comes yeah, to yeah. chopping block. But his CBAs were down a little bit. I wonder how this works with someone like a. Um, uh, sick dog coming back into the side. Yeah. Whether that pushes him back more into the mids. We'll dig into that, won't we? Yeah, we'll see how that sort of goes. But his CBAs were down. Um, and then Jack Steele. We sort of mentioned it before. Um, I think the big thing for me here is the time on ground. Yeah. 85% up from, I think he was mid-low 70s for a couple of weeks beforehand as well. So is this now at the point where you you feel like he's he's good? 
Um, do you think he's, um, he's healthy and he's fit? Um, I think there was even a quote before the game saying he was starting to feel a little bit better. He, as well. he, look, he looked better. It, it's hard to um, <laughs> make you call based off the one week of good scores because it's been, you know, just ask people who've owned him for a few weeks. It's been pretty putrid. Um, but I, like, I certainly don't mind it as a play. It's, it probably depends your ranking as well. I, I don't know if I'd be sidewaysing a premium to him, like if you're in, in luxury position. But if you're looking to get your last guy off the field and you can get in a Jack Steele, you, that could put you ahead yeah. of the competition potentially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think he's definitely one of those guys that despite his price being cheap, he could easily... I mean... He could match it. He could... Like it's not crazy to say that he could be the number one scorer from here for the rest of the season. That's what like, we thought at the start of the year. Exactly. Didn't we? Like so. This. so, it is someone we definitely have to keep an eye on and, yeah. and, and make note of. Um, if we just look at his last three time on ground percentages, it's gone sixty eight to seventy six to eighty five. There's a there's a really nice positive trajectory there. That was off the back nice. of his sixty, which was his lowest score of the year against Richmond, where he was at seventy seven percent. Which we all looked at him and went, "This guy's cooked. He looks he looks like a shell of himself." So they've obviously seen the same thing that we have lowered his time on ground and slowly built it back up. So I think it's positive signs and they do actually have a nice run coming up, does Steel. So uh, positive signs there. Um, the, the tuk-tuk was back, but only five CBAs, low time on ground, which I mean, that's that's what we kind of expect. expected. Yep. His break even still up in the 130s. The, so, so I'd be saying you're obviously waiting a week, see what else you get. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'll say is he has a St. Kilda matchup this week. So yeah, but I don't think that would be enough to go into a guy who's coming off an injury. He's had low time on ground in his previous game, so he's been managed, and his break-even's 130. You're still yeah. waiting on that. And his was a pretty significant injury. Like, mm. he, he looked pretty good to me. Like, he was running around, um, you know, like you know, the, the Duke of old and, yep. and sort of looked in, in fine form to me from what I could see. And, and scoring, what did he have, a 97 yeah. with, with less than 70% game time is... It's pretty yeah. bloody good. So for me, it's like wait a week, and then if you're in a ranking position where you want to like lean back and throw the hail mary, you, he'd be a potish potential premium guy yeah, that you could trade. Hundred percent. So. so definitely someone for us to monitor. Yeah. Um, I just want to flag this one. I don't know if you know if it's going to be relevant at all, but yeah. Tom Stewart had like eight CBAs in that game, um, which to me just seems really, really random. Did they coincide with the uptick in scoring at the end, or do, or you're not sure? That's a good question. Neither of us watched know. this one. So I, I, it, I didn't watch this one. And someone I, whacked I that in the comments and just saw, or, or, like, that was super random. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter, because I'd be interested to know whether the CBA uptick in, coincided with the scoring increase at the end, or whether the CBAs maybe were, like, detrimental for his scoring at the start of the game. No, so he had all eight of his CBAs in the last quarter. Um, oh, okay. Weirdly enough, but I'm pretty sure... Just listening to the Traders podcast today that he junked it up really late there. So I don't know if the CBAs were like a result that. of yeah. his scoring improving. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that, that's when he got his midfield time was at the very end. Yeah, um, interesting. Maybe they were just putting players like Dangerfield on ice and yeah. some of those other guys on the bench and when the game was already over. So yeah. I don't expect that really to carry over moving forward, but um, yeah. We'll sort of see. And you said you didn't you didn't see the in the same game the Harry Sheasel role or anything like that? I did not. I did not, unfortunately. Okay. So. Well maybe if um if you guys did watch that game, drop them over in the comments what you saw from Harry Sheasel and if he was playing more of a forward role and, and how much uh, that was on his heat map again. It did it didn't look like there it's was It's not a penis two... map again, is it? No. It don't go in <laughs> don't pull up a bloody penis on your phone again, Mitch. No, no, no. Oh no, oh, not quite. Oh, there's but... two little sort of <laughs> nads there, maybe. Not, not Quite, not you gotta quite. squint, but he's uh, yeah, he's seventy two percent in the You're defensive half. You're telling me that's half, not what your penis looks but, uh, like. <laughs> oh, okay, 
have you, have you had a child there, mate? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so tell us in the comment section below what you saw from Harry Sheasel if you did watch that game. But let's move on to the next segment here. Jeez, I'm out. Just give me a sec. I'm, oh, buddy, mate, I'm out of touch. Rusty. Sorry, I'm out of touch. <laughs> okay, chop and block. We mentioned before, Jake Lloyd, he's got to go. Yeah. He's injured. And all rookies, just umbrella term now. All rookies must go. It sounds like a flash sale. Yeah, <laughs> flash sale. They've got to go. 99% um, off. Yeah, so Let's all go. rookies must go. Um, I think we... You, you Did you get your last rookie off field last week? Is that yeah, so, yep. no, so no rookies last week. But I, I had, um, I guess, like Himmelberg and Darcy Yeah, Darcy I mean, obviously not... not- Full, yeah. like, best 22 players, but yeah. in terms of those rookie <clears throat> price guys, they're all off the ground for mine as well, with Callum Mills being the, the last guy to come in and replace the rookies. But I think if you're still rolling with a, a Sheldrick, a, um, you know, a Windhager, a Johnson, even um, the Brisbane guy, what am I? Wilmot. Uh, Wilmot or uh, Ashcroft or any of those guys I think need to go. Now, Ashcroft yeah. was a fine hold after the buys because he had those easy matchups. Yeah. But I think don't get comfortable with it. Don't get yeah. cute with it. Get him up there is my opinion there yeah. because he's still only averaging 84. You get up to a 110 mid. That's yeah. a 25-point increase. And that's it. So, yeah, certainly don't get us wrong. Like, we're not saying that these guys have been... Even a guy like Wilmot has had his best patch of the season yeah. recently, but that doesn't mean to say that you hold him from here. If he's your yeah. ticket to get to a guy who can put up 120s for fun, yeah. you do that you, at this point. You've got to do it, yeah, because yeah. you're just going to get left behind. Um, so I think all rookies need to go as your number one priority. If you still have any rookies off your ground, you are upgrading them to best 22 players. Yep. The next little batch is where it gets a little bit more interesting. So I'm calling these guys like the non-best 22 premiums or mid-prices. Yeah. So... I think the top of this list, if you still have him, if you've been an unfortunate owner of this player, Bailey Smith has cut, to go. Cut the mullet. <laughs> cut but, the I mullet. I mean, that's a phrase I've heard a little bit, but yeah, yeah. cut the mullet. Cut the mullet. Get so I think he's a very obvious trade, and I think you would feel very good to trade him out of your seam. Yep. Ben Hobbs, I think, is an easier trade target as well because we never sort of picked him to Done be a job. premium. Um, so I think it's fairly comfortable to cut him. Yep. This next batch is where I find it a little bit harder to prioritize and rank them. Okay. On the sheet is how I've sort of ranked them, but I'll get your thoughts. So number one in this batch, I've got Darcy Cameron yep. as a priority trade-out. Harry Himmelberg, despite him being cheap, he's made a, a fair bit of money. I think he's got a very tough matchup this week. I think he um, can go if you get him someone well. Harry Sheasel is another player that I've got here. Hayden Young and Will Day. So there's five names there who are all either forward or defense there. Um, so to, to be clear for everyone as well, you, you're moving these guys on after the point that you've got all your if rookies. you've got all your rookies off the field, yeah. then these are the next guys that I think need to go. Yeah. So let's let's dig in a little bit deeper, and I want to do it selfishly as well, because yep. Darcy Cameron and, and Himmelberg are probably the two guys that I could move off this week and take them to pretty much whoever I want. Yep. Initially, my thoughts are Darcy Cameron, but I don't know if I've got a jaded opinion because since I bought in Cameron, he's sucked. Since I bought in yep. Himmelberg, he's he's outperformed his price. So am I jaded there? Should I be looking to hold on to Cameron instead of Himmelberg? Well, uh, he's in the firing line for me. Um, first of all, because I'm not sure how fit he is. Obviously, he started off that last game really well, um, had, I think, 57 or something yep. in the first half, and then had like a 20-point second half because apparently he got a bit of a knock or a corky or something like that. So I'm wondering if he's going to be sore during the week and he might be a bit underdone. He is coming up against Fremantle this week, which on the season have been very tough to score against. They've been a little bit easier 
more recently. Um, but I think some of that is waiting to the fact that the the games that uh, Sean Darcy wasn't there. Yep. Um, also waiting on a little bit of news with Luke Jackson. I'm not sure if he's going to be available this week. So okay. sort of wait to see on that. But so he's got a tough matchup this week is something that I will flag. And last week was supposed to be an easier matchup against English and he still didn't get it done. Um, Harry Himmelberg, you mentioned it there as well. If you can get them both to a premium, then I'd probably get rid of Himmelberg first. Oh, okay, so you'd hold Cameron. I've got Cameron ranked above him because his price is higher and I think you could maybe get someone better for him. Um, I guess it depends on like how your team is structured up because Himmelberg's break-even is still at 60, so yeah. his price is still going, still going. up. So yeah. in terms of like finishing your side, it will be easier to get your side finished by trading a, a Cameron first Stead. because his price is going to start to come back down. I think that's the way I'm leaning. And, and look, I think him over the last... Let's look at the last two weeks. Himmelberg's been doing everything right. Yep. Outperforming his price. Cameron's been not. volatile, yes. injury. So I think I it's think, pretty clear to say that he's not best 22. He's not a top six forward. Yeah. And I think do, doing seen. it with um, getting rid of Cameron, I think pockets me like... 100k that I can look at using next yep. week as well. He's so. only had three scores over 100 this year and all three of them have been below 110. So whilst he's yeah. sold, the role is good and we have seen him put up scores in the past. At this point of the season, we can't be patient with these kind of guys. So Yeah, and this is this is such an interesting time of year. We've talked about this, you know, without the headsets on. It's the fact that you're now at a time of year where... This is the most difficult time to trade. You're trading out a guy and trading in a guy and the guy you trade out you know, on could any given week, could yep. outscore the guy you're trading yep. in, and that, that's it becomes it becomes very tough. I think you get a lot of hindsight heroes, <laughs> so fly, many hindsight heroes, on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and all that as well. But yeah. you you just gotta like weigh out the facts as best you can, go with your gut a little bit, and um, don't yeah. be you know don't be too disappointed if it doesn't quite work out. Yeah, and remember, don't judge a trade on the first week. <laughs> it can be easier to, to pull the trigger and, and do that. But I mean, and we will have to do that in a few weeks' time because we will be focusing on one week. I still think we need to be keeping in mind there's still seven weeks left. Yeah. There's still a decent amount of time left. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um, But, yeah, I think, yeah, remember, it's not the first week that yeah. the trade is deemed successful or not. Um, so I think that Darcy Cameron is probably high priority for me. Harry Sheasel, uh, I'm going to, I'm you really interested to see on what the, what the people say in, in the YouTube comments and how much he was playing forward. Because if he was playing forward, I think he, and if he's, likely to continue playing more forward time, then he jumps above those guys, and I think he's got to go. Yep. Um, if he is going to be defender, then he probably shouldn't be on this list at all. And um, 
because they've got actually a really good run coming up to uh, North Melbourne. So I think also I saw that Aaron Hall had an Achilles injury in the um, in the twos over the weekend. So yeah. less yeah. of a threat from that point of view. Jack Zeebles, obviously they're trying to rest him down the stretch of the season. But again, when you're capable of scoring 50s, you're still a rookie at the end of the day. That's it. That's um, it. I, I think I'd be moving off him. That's my preference. Unless, again... But again, say you have Cameron... Himmelberg, Schiesel in the one team. Like, who are you trading first? After, yeah, look, after the weekend, it's probably Schiesel. But I, I want to know more about the role. So yes. let's uh, let some people do some digging and uh, they can let us know. Next bloke on the list you got is Hayden Young. Poor bloke's just been awarded the bog and he's on the chopping block <laughs> he's now. He's on the chopping block. Poor I bastard. still think he's a guy that you do need to get rid of. He's down a little bit down in terms of priorities because obviously his price is no longer falling as much, but he is still someone that I do think eventually you're going to want to have to move on. Yep. Um, Will Day, I've also got in this kind of bracket here as well. Um, he is a guy that's, again, not, not best six in his line, but has a good matchup this week up against North Melbourne. So I think if you're forced to hold, and um, I would probably be trading a Cameron, a Himmelberg, yeah, those guys him. sort of ahead of a Will Day just because of the weak matchup. He still has a nice role. He's still averaging 94 on the season. He's at least put up some ceiling scores, unlike those other guys um, this season. Um, and then we've got a bunch of guys that maybe for most teams might be a bit early to trade, but if you're in a really luxurious position, you could look to start to move some of these guys on. Sam Walsh, Tom Green... And Ben Keys, I think, are all going to be probably a little bit further away from the top eight than we would hope. Tom Green probably is the most interesting one. The reason he's in this list is probably more so the fact that he's so highly owned. Yeah. And he's underperforming. It could be a way of getting a leg up by getting rid of a popular player and replacing him with someone a bit more unique who could outscore him. Yeah, it's a real uh, real sort of sneaky strategic one. And I actually don't mind it. Like over the last four weeks, and then he's had his buy in there as well, he's done more what I saw him or what I thought yeah. he would do at the start. Like we this talked is why about, I haven't had him in my side the entire year because this, this is more what I expected. Yeah, and uh, there's every chance now that we've talked about it. He goes he's like 170. On <laughs> he's going 170. Book so it. please hold. Um, but, you know, he just – it's been – Less popping out for marks. Mm. It's been just less involved in that Handles, additional play out. Yeah, that outside yep. of the the contest kind of stuff. Um, so I, I like the idea of maybe getting off him a little bit early. And so he's he's eight sixty three k. Again, you'd have to be in a really luxurious position to be looking at this. But there's there's some guys that are on that other trajectory that you yeah. could jump to. I reckon. Do you, do you go like a Tom Green down to a Jack Steele or Tom Green down to a Callum Mills? Bank some cash. Maybe they outscore them for the rest of the year. Like yeah. there's some there's some creative things you could do. Like if yeah. you told me that Jack Steele outscores Tom Green for the rest of the year, I would not be shocked at all. No, and it's a lot of it uh, for me is ranking dependent as well. Yeah. Um, and I reckon you've got to have some kahunas as well. But it could yeah. be one of those it could be one of those trades where you look back and you go, hang on, like I, I got myself a car with that aggressive move or I got yeah. myself a hat with that aggressive move depending on where you're ranked. So um, yeah, be interested to see what people do now. There there will have to be some some calls being made and a lot of the a lot of the top positions are, are pretty tightly um, you know, contested, contested in yeah. terms of like a lot of the the good players are popular. Yep. Um, so it is hard to make ground uh, up the top there, especially. So it is um, something that you definitely can consider. And um, well, those other two players, did you want to touch on them anymore? Or? The last bloke you got there, Keys. You think yeah, move, moving I, on Keys could unlock think, some success? 
Man, I've got to get those crickets. But, <laughs> uh, but yes, no, it could. I just, I'm, I don't like his role. Um, it's worse than yeah. what it was a couple of weeks ago uh, when I thought he was going to be like that center bounce mid. He's, it's better than it was at the first half of the season, but I still yeah. think it's probably a role that he's made a lot of cash at this point. Yeah. But I still think he's probably going to be step away from those top six mids. Um, Again, he's at the bottom of this list because he's probably the lowest priority, but I do still think that at some point we're going to be, uh, um, you know, locking the door and throwing away the keys. Absolutely. Now, you didn't let's... Like that one? No? no, I just ignored it. Because I'm oh, just, okay. like, I genuinely can't do two things at once. Like I'm looking at the run sheet, I'm going to the next thing, and I'm not listening to you. And you just got, you got to pick better times for oh, your dad jokes, sorry, man, mate. I'm sorry. I was trying to trying to ride your coattails there with the keys thing. Yeah, get uh, your own gear. Yeah, well, it was, but same same sort of. You area. can't just do a variation of my pick. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next segment. Here. What is the next segment? Trade targets. Okay, here who we go. are we getting Trade in? Targets. Who are in our sights? Well, I don't know why the screen's gone black when we do the trade. Transition thing. Gotta work that. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't like you. All right. All right, let's go through each of the positions now. Bit of a bit of a pod flavor on this one. Okay. And, I, and again, I don't mean podcast. I'm talking points of difference. So we're at the end of the year, this is definitely the start of all the time of the year we've got it now. If you're wanting to go up in ranks, you've got to grab guys who are lowly owned because you're not yep. going to move up by grabbing someone who's popularly owned unless yep. you already have some good pods in your team. So in the defenders. Let's spend a bit of time talking about this guy here, or as my number one target for defenders, James Sicily. Well, this is this is something that I again selfishly want to pick your brains about yeah. on today's podcast because I just in my head was like Doherty, bringing in Doherty this week, bringing in Doherty this week. But then when I remembered that the sick dog is back dog, and barking yeah. this week, I thought yes. I'm ranked mid three thousand, so I'm not going to get a hat, I'm not going to get a car. Why don't I? Yeah, why don't I go to the zero percent owned and just see what kind of a dint I can put in that? Those top yeah. teams. Let me read you out his next run here. He's got North Melbourne at Marvel, Richmond, yeah. St. Kilda, Collingwood, Bulldogs. I have to trade him in. Uh, <laughs> Melbourne and Frio. That he, is an unbelievably great run for defenders. So based on based on the fact that he, before he got suspended, came out and said, yeah, I'm pretty much back in that loose role where I'm just going to kind of demand the football, plus that run, he's definitely the priority over Doherty this week, isn't he? I would definitely say so. I think he's he's a high priority. He's much more unique. Yeah. Um, he's shown ceiling scores. I don't love Doherty in that in that winger role um, compared to his halfback role, which he probably shows more of a ceiling, in my yeah. opinion. Um, so I would definitely, if you don't have either, I'd be going the Sicily um, route if I was in that if you position. Were, if you were ranked in the top 100, would you still do that? Yes, I think I, okay. think I think a lot of teams will be flocking to Sicily this, this week. week. Yeah, okay. Um, I think I think it would be a very popular trade. Um, now I want to play. So I, I love the trade. I think I think he's going to be a great trade in target this week. Yeah, I'm in the situation where I have to decide between getting in him or kind of covering up a, you know, a player that's hurting me in a Errol Goulden this week. Uh, the yes. other thing about a James Sisley, which we should also mention, his break-even is 62 because he's coming yeah. off the back of a couple of big scores. Dockies so he will start to come yes. up in price. Yeah. So he will shoot up close to that million dollars in a few weeks. So um, he will get more expensive and harder to trade in if that's something you're going to be worried about. So yeah. let's play the contrarian for Sicily though. A um, contrarian? Well, yeah. So the, the flip side. Yeah, no, I knew what it meant. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I just thought it was good use of the word, mate. Oh, okay. It was a little, yeah, like you tried to, try to dumb it down end. for me. Um, now he's had three weeks off. Is, yeah. If like from a footy point of view, if you've had three weeks off, whether it's suspension or not or injury, 
Is that something that you're a bit rusty coming back? But what he what he does, he, he, Sisley does a lot of great stuff, yeah. and there's a lot of intercept marking in there. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of good one on one body. But what he does to get his fantasy points, like it's cheap. A, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's he, not cheap because he's a great distributor, but it's not something that he's, he's not going like to need to get his touch back or, yeah, yeah. yeah, or like you know leading patterns as a forward right, or anything right, like right, that. Right. It's like he's seeing the game from back there and he's just waxing. Yeah, yeah, that's my opinion anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay. So and, I, I think he's. Gonna be okay. He's gonna be okay unless the role changes. If he has to suddenly play more accountable, then we could all be, you know, well, eating is, our words. Is there a risk of that? Like, is there a risk of him coming back in? Like, we've seen him. Like, obviously, the last game. I think it was the game before the St Kilda game. He said, "I've got, I've got my roll back or yeah. whatever." Comes out, smashes out a one sixty five, yeah. misses a game, comes out, does another one thirty. But he's had games of 49, yeah. 78, 70 this season. Um, I don't think there's a risk of it against the opposition that they're playing in the next few weeks. And, and it's the end of the season. Like, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to say, oh, Tisley, go and, go and lock down. But at the end of the season, way. is there a risk that they're giving that role to more of the kids? Not giving the waxing role. I don't, I don't, you don't think. James Sisley doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to stand back and watch someone else wax. I mean, guy. he's the captain of the club. Like, I don't know. Like, he still doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. <laughs> I bit agree. A, I'm just like, I'm, you're I'm, playing devil's advocate. I'm playing devil's yeah. advocate. And no, I, think, I appreciate I think, um, whilst, because I know he's going to be so, I think he's one of the most popular trading targets for the round so far. And I expect a lot of the guys at the top to go straight there. Okay. Um, there might be a play to zig when others are zagging um, and go. You're just justifying your Errol Gould move. No, well, I'm just I'm talking it through because we're going to talk about some other defenders, which I think are other genuine options as well. Yeah, um, that are other points of difference. Um, and I think that Sicily, whilst he's zero percent owned right now, I don't think he's going to be actually much of a pod this week because I think a lot of people are going to go in like Doherty was a couple of weeks ago. He yeah. was lowly owned, but then when you actually checked after that round, he was sixty percent in the top one thousand. So. Um, just to give a couple of stats, obviously he's 0% owned right now. The guy I'm talking about you could potentially take on a James Sisley with is Liam Duggan, who is quietly just putting up an incredible season. Yeah. It doesn't sound as sexy. <laughs> it definitely um, doesn't sound sexy. But he is currently just absolutely, you know, putting up some great scores. Um 116, 113 in his last two games. He has a 69 in there, which obviously stinks. But um, oh, before that, was... 137, 140, um, a couple other hundreds in there as well. And the West Coast Eagles, again, we're talking about good runs coming up. Richmond, yeah. Carlton, North Melbourne, Essendon, Frio, Bulldogs are all great matchups for defenders as well. Sounds like you're digging Duggan. I am digging Duggan. I think he's a, he's a good option. He's my number two target for defenders. I reckon um, Mitch is just trying to convince everyone to not go to Sicily so you can bring your uh, Gould and then get Sicily <laughs> next week. Look, I'll probably be getting Sicily at some point, but I just I want to give some love to Liam Duggan yeah, because no, I think he's a, I think he's a genuine option there. And uh, I think whilst he is two percent owned of the top one thousand, two percent the top one hundred, yep. he will remain that low after this week. So a genuine pod. Third defender on the list is the Doc. We already spoke about him, but I mean, you can't go wrong. You're trading in a top six defender there. And the last bloke on the list is a guy that I wish I'd started the season with, and I think most people probably would, but Luke Ryan is a thirsty boy back there as well. He's a very thirsty boy, and he's got ceiling. And Mm. um, again, we're talking low ownership guys, 6% owned in the top 1,000, 6% in the top 100. 
Um, when you've got ceiling, that's that's exactly what you want for a, po- a point of difference. Yeah, definitely. He could be one of those guys that we talk about later in the year as like a one-off matchup kind of like let's let's go for yeah. it. Yeah, I've got him. I've got him ranked last here just because I think his run is a little bit worse than those other guys. Yeah, um, and I think I've been kind of spruiking him up the last few weeks. And if you haven't jumped on, um, I don't know you've you've kind of missed his his big run. But yeah, um, yeah I think that he's still potentially a guy that you could ride through. Let's talk some middies. Let's talk some middies. Let's talk the number one potential midi target, Podish again. Can, can I just say the mids here? I I feel way less confident in the midfielders in terms of like my ranking order than okay. I do the forwards and the defenders. These midfielders to me feel like more of a, a crapshoot. Okay, well, let's just we, off the top here. We'll sort of talk about them in that way. So again, we're going with sort of a potty flavor. These are guys that um, you know might get you a little bit of a leg up on the competition. And Jack Steele at the minute, nineteen um, percent owned. Is that top one hundred? Top and thousand and eighteen percent top one hundred. Top yes. one hundred. Okay, so look, we we discussed it before. I don't think th- this week I've got plans. So it's not yeah. something I've considered hugely. I'm probably not brave enough to just dive straight into it off a, off a week. But this is a guy that is, has just been monstrous yeah. when he's been on, um, and he showed that on the weekend. Yeah. Um, look, I I love me some Jack Steele. I started with him in my team when he was priced at 110. So yeah. I, I think he can do great things when he's on. Um, I still have a little bit of a concern there, but when you pump out a 140, uh, obviously Callum Mills hasn't done that yet. And the other thing about Callum Mills, who's the number two guy here, another discounted option. Yep. What I don't think we've also factored enough is just the ascension of Errol Goulden and how much he takes off a Callum Mills because last year Callum Mills was getting all of those little cheap forty five, those little forty fives, which yeah. I think Errol is now you know snaking a lot of and potentially capping the ceiling on a Callum Mills, whereas Jack Steele doesn't really have that guy who's who's taken that off him. I think because Sinclair yeah. was there last year. The thing, the thing with Callum Mills for me, and it feels a little bit less so this week, but. When a lot of people, like when maybe we traded in Callum Mills, what was it? It was last, last, last week. week yeah. Last week. The feeling there is like you're trading in a guy who could be a 115 guy, but if he's not, he's still unders not, on a 90 uh, yeah. and you just ride him for a couple of weeks while you finish off the rest of your team and then you might push Mills yeah. up to yeah. steal if, or, you know, whoever it may be. I agree, yeah. It didn't feel, uh, barring the risk of, you know, a baby cow going on you. Um, he yeah. felt pretty safe to outperform his price and be a guy that you could have there while yeah. you've rounded off the rest of your team. Exactly, yeah. So I think if, you, if you've if got like a rookie left in your mids and you can get up to a steal um, or versus settling for a mills, if that cash difference isn't the difference between you doing another upgrade somewhere else, I'd probably be going to steal at this stage um, just because I think obviously he's shown the ceiling um, that time on ground is positive. He's probably got a better run moving forward than a Callum Mills as well. So I would go that way if I can afford both. Um, but with all of these guys, I probably wouldn't be upgrading. Like we talked about those chopping block guys. Not many of them were midfielders. So um, yeah. for a lot, of, a lot of teams, there are a lot of... the Your worst players are in your forwards and your, and your defense. A lot of midfielders, if you've got all the rookies off, um, are looking pretty solid. You're not really unhappy with a lot of them there. Yeah, Besides maybe a, a Tom Green um, for some some teams. Yeah. Uh, number three here for mids, Darcy Parrish. 
give him a bit of a shout out again. Just getting it done um, for a lot of its a lot of the season here. He is um, just displaying a really high floor at this stage. On the weekend, he put up another one twenty plus score. So that's back to back one twenty. So in terms of um, sort of a fully priced point of difference, he is my favorite one of the lot. Eight percent in the top one thousand, eleven percent in the top one hundred. So very lowly owned there. Um, yeah, he's he keeps of- getting it done. I know I haven't followed this rule all year, but I said, I think it was on our very first podcast yeah. we ever did. I, like one of the things I wanted to do was pick players that I like to watch. And for some reason, for some reason, Parrish just doesn't fall into that category for me. Um, yeah. That might not be, might not um, make me popular with Bombers fans, but he just kind of... I can see that. I, I think I, I said at the start of the season, he's not the typical type of player I normally much would prefer go Mera. for. Um, because he's not typically a, a huge tackler or, yeah. or, or anything like that. He relies on big dis- uh, possessions, but, mate, he's he's getting big possessions at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah. and it's um, potish, so. It's, it's working out for him, so, yeah, I think he's good. Bont and Pelly is... Who doesn't own Bont? Uh, well, not not everyone has Bont. Um, of all the, the big dog guys, 58% in the top 1,000, 62% in the top 1,100. Uh, You're not um, So, if you wanted to be defensive, whilst also still having a, you know, a little bit of both ways. Hedging. Um, Bont is probably a guy because there's no way I see him not being a top eight mid for the rest of the season. I yeah. think he could potentially be the number one mid Brown low for the Bont. rest of the season. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely a good guy. And a couple of long shots at the end here. Adam Chera, who I don't know if we've mentioned on the podcast here before, he is getting it done recently, and he is 0% in the top 100, 1% in the top 1,000. So if you want a real roughie, yeah. Adam Chera could be your man. If and, you've uh, been on him for, since the start of the year, it is straight roller coaster. Like, <laughs> listen been, listen yeah. to these scores. You go 89, 90, 82, 69. Is that an 85? And then you go 130, 137, 130. Then you drop a 62, followed by a 119. Back to 90, 111, 82, one, fuck, it's, it's all over the shop. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's, he's had, a few, had a few stinkers in there, but a lot of ceiling scores in there as yeah. well. So I don't think he's had a, like a score between you know 90 and 110, really. It's either been sub 90 or over 110. That's so uh, yeah, the guy, yeah, epitome of a bit of a high risk, high reward play. But yeah. look, if you if you want to just do something ballsy and something fun, and you're maybe you're a Blues fan, I... There is a world where it works out, uh, but he's down the risk just because I don't necessarily believe in it. Christian Prochaka would have been higher earlier, but the role shift yeah. makes me a bit scared. I was very keen on him this time last week. This week, not so much, but he is also 26% top 1,000. So, But I'd probably go those other guys ahead of him now. So All let's right. look at some forwards. So your theme for your theme for these um, trade targets was point of difference players. Yes. And who's your first forward target? Errol Gildan. <laughs> this is just absolute selfishness on this oh, podcast. I, <laughs> we just we should just talk about our teams and who we want to bring in. <laughs> mate, well, that's not you obviously don't understand how pod works because 99% of people own him. Well, this is the question I want to I want to let's use Errol Goulden as uh as a hypothetical guy. A, well, let's use him as like this can be someone else that maybe you okay. don't own someone who's very popular. Unnamed maybe you don't player. have Zach Merritt. Maybe you don't have like Sam Dockett, who's now really popular in the in the top one hundred. Yeah. Um, what like at what point do we need to just bury our heads in the sand and just <laughs> like continue to fade these guys, or is there a point at which you go, okay, I just need to get these guys in so they stop hurting me? Is that is that going to move rank? Is that going to push you up, or is 
Like, what's the line? We've got seven weeks left. If, if, you, if you're a guy like me, you can't yeah. watch Errol Goulden. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm conceding that I've, I've fucked up there. Um, I can get him in this week. Like, do I, do I do that? And despite it not really achieving anything, does it just, you know, stop the bleeding there and other points of my team can, can move me up in the ranks? Because obviously I'm still, I moved up 40 spots this week despite not having him. Yeah. So my, the rest of my team must be doing something well. Um, yeah, I know it, it would feel weird because you're just matching, but you, you said you moved up 40 spots. I reckon you would have moved up more if you had Errol. And oh, hell yeah. up, And you know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's almost, yeah, I feel like you're making the right move if you bring him in. He's just, he's so good to watch too. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. So terrible to watch. I know that's got nothing to do with fancy, but you, you can't bear it. But the thing that would just absolutely kill me is if I bring him in this week <laughs> and, he, it and he sucks and this is the one, like, that would have been the week where I could have made up ground and it'll happen. I swear to God it'll happen. But um, I just don't, I can't see it happening now. Just like he, he's not getting any CBAs. He's playing pure wing, but he's just that thirsty for the ball. The team looks for him. He plays in defense. I think he had a fucking kick out uh, in the last game as well. Um, plays super high time on ground. Um yeah, he's match-up proof, like anything. He, he just keeps getting it done. So, uh, yeah, anyway, a little selfish part of the podcast there. Errol Goulden <laughs> or a super popular player that you don't have is killing it. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can go and get that player. Uh, number two, I've got Jack McRae there ahead of Cogs. Do you think I'm crazy? Because I, I struggled with flip-flopping these two. I would have been much more confident last week, but the, the, the CBA drop is... Concerning, yeah. You look. You, you're probably going to get a similar output from both of them over the course of the next seven weeks. I would anticipate. But if you go, if you go against the role, and you go McRae, you could end up kicking yourself. You know, we talk about it off air. Go with go with what the research suggests, because then at least if it fucks up, you can sit back and think, well, I at least researched that well, and I went with the statistics and stuff like that. Whereas if you just ha- like you ignore all that and go, oh, I'm having a blind swing, you'd be really pissed off if that doesn't come off. Yeah, the, the thing <laughs> that the thing that made my decision last week um, was that, and the stats look a little bit worse now after obviously a 90 versus a 135. But yep. in their last five, Jack McRae is averaging 104. Yep. And in his last five, Stephen Canelio is averaging 108. So, and that was, I think, flipped the other way around last week. It was probably a bit, it was more in McRae's favor. Yep. And that was despite McRae having a poorer role than a Cogs. So, so you're looking for upside if that so role comes if back. If that role comes in and, you know, <laughs> Game to game, Bevo could do anything, but if that role comes in, yeah. McRae probably presents more of that upside and ceiling. And so if you're looking to... Fuck. Just throw some things around here, mate. Sorry. Uh, but if you are making to look that gain on the competition, yeah. then that's why I was... And he's obviously more unique um, than a Stephen Canelio. So 20% top 1,000 versus 57% for Canelio. That was sort of a bit of logic behind going I, McRae. I think that's um, a fair point. And I still think that that could apply moving forward. Yep. Um, Cogs, again, did play a different role. And his other two midfielders, the main midfielders in Kelly and Tom Green. Well down. Well, they didn't score at all. So you would think that that's not going to happen every week. Yeah. So his points probably come back down as a result. So um, 
That's kind of my thinking, but you you could you could flip a coin either way yeah. there. I guess depending on how many other points of difference you have in your tie, in your side. I think you're likely to get a pretty similar output. And then and then Zach Butters I've got here at number four. Just to again, if you don't have him, I think you can definitely jump on him. He's cheaper than he was a couple of weeks ago. So. Why are you, you're almost sitting out of shot, mate. Why stink? You boxed me out. No, I didn't. Oh, okay, sorry. Come in close and give you a cuddle, mate. I couldn't, I couldn't box out a wet paper bag. At <laughs> so, yes. Uh, anyone else you feel like we've forgotten that you uh, think makes a good target this week? Or nah, I reckon we should answer some questions, hey? People, people will be asking about the targets in the questions. Let's have a look here. Did we get any questions? Oh, hold on. Let's. I'm tagging something else that it's filling up my notifications. So, let me... Uh, here we go. Luke Rogerson, post... Um, oh, we've got a few questions here. All right, let's Beautiful. go through them. So, um, so what is sorry, put a number on this? Yeah, zero to ten. What is your confidence level in steel after the weekend? So ten is like uber confident. Yeah, I'm like zero is max uber okay, confident. That's how it works. I don't know why I had to yeah. ask that. Um, just, we'll flip it. Why not? <laughs> I just buy, buy myself time. Yeah, uh, my confidence level in Jack Steel is a. I'm going to say a seven. And it's higher than it would have been because I watched the game and I felt like he was moving. Yeah. Like the tackle numbers were, were important to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so let's say somewhere between seven and eight. But again, I'm just a bloke sitting in your spare room fucking talking shit. So I'm, you know. I'm an eight confident that he's getting healthier. I'm a seven confident that he's going to be the guy that we expect him to be being a 110 plus guy. Yeah. There's still a little bit of that doubt in my mind in terms of like the St. Kilda game style and game plan, uh, which we did flag, I think, uh, a few weeks ago. So I think he's going to be 105 plus. I don't know if he's going to be 110 plus, but again, at his price. Still a good trade-in. Still a good trade-in, and he's obviously got huge upside. Was that the question? Put a number on it. Yeah. What's okay. your, what's your, well, no, I added that in, but okay. what's your level of confidence? That's good for you, mate. Uh, a bit of yeah, you know, on the ad, fly ad lib stuff. Yeah, well done. Um, Bindi wants to know if the two points was worth it. And uh, <laughs> Bindi, got him. to you... I say absolutely, it, <laughs> absolutely worth it. It was more the roller coaster that was worth it. Watch, <laughs> watching Mitch squirm was so good. I, I've got to record it at some point. I got to record you watching the footy because it's it's a good watch. I had a good tweet a couple a couple weeks ago actually about um, uh, oh, superstitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I've got some really good responses. I'm, I'm not, not. I'm not really superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Just a little stitious. I stole that off the office. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch the office? No, oh, I've watched bits and pieces, but it's never never. Is it off me. the office? I think it's off the office. Straight oh, stolen. Uh, all right, this uh, Waza has day F6 or D6, I'm thinking. And yep. Ben Hobbs at M8. Uh, should I upgrade day and get on Sicily train while his break even is low? Or should I upgrade Hobbs to an F6 and get a McRae, Daniel, or Cogs? Mm, this is Ooh. a tough one. Okay, so let's say Will Day goes 90. Sicily's every chance of going 105. Yeah. 110. And then you got Hobbs. What's he been going recently? Hobbs is probably going 75, 80. And you're going to Cogs. Look, 105. I don't know whether I'm a little bit just kind of biased for the name, but I feel like Will Day's start to the season kind of earned him a little bit more. And if we talk about... Brownie points for me. To answer this question for you, Waza, um, what I would say is do if Sisley goes up another 40K, yeah. will you be able to get him in next week? Yeah, okay. If he goes up 40k and you can't get him in next week, then get him in now. Yeah. It's a good if, call. If you can't if you can get him in next week, I'd probably move on Hobbs first and get either a McRae or a Cogs um, and go that way because I think Will Day, he's got he's got North Melbourne. It's a great matchup for him too. 
That's um, true. That's so, true. And he's, be- he's got the good run that, that Hawthorne does. Yeah. I've got a similar kind of question, and I think that's where I'm leaning at this stage. You, you couldn't get... You definitely... I could, I could probably get Sicily the next week because I've got a few rookies to, to cash in. It just... Uh, it, it might be unlikely, but just definitely check all your DPP stuff because if you could trade Hobbs and maybe you can't get to Sicily through, through Hobbs. Yeah. There's too much for price difference. Anyway, but I'd be... Uh, I'd be probably trying to get in the sick dog as well. Yeah. A um, lot of Sicily questions here and on another angle here. Are the Kangaroos a really good matchup for defenders and in particular Sicily coming back this week? Um, I can give you some actual data here based on the DFSAustralia.com um, site. So in their last 10 games for the designated kicker, North Melbourne are a very average matchup. So they're sort of, you know... Um, on average, players point zero point six zero point nine six points more than their average, and forty four percent of players get to their season average versus them. So it's it's a pretty average matchup for defenders. Yeah. Um, for the designated kicker, that is, if he's taking kick-ins. So that's why I feel okay. At least if you can't get to him this week and you, you're tearing a team apart to get to him, I think that's the big take home message. If I don't want people to be tearing their team apart to get in Sicily yep. this week because. I think that it's okay to wait a week, um, despite his break-even being as low as it is. Um, Johnson and Sheldrick for Mills and Cooper Harvey plus 191K, or Johnson and Chesser for Mills and Cooper have no cash left over, but possible Sheldrick loop. Um, Would you rather trade out Sheldrick and have the 191K, or trade out Chesser? Your thoughts there? What's Chesser? So so using that money to get to who, sorry? Uh, I think the trade-ins are the same, so it's Cooper and Mills, but he's just wondering whether or not he should save the cash and just have it sitting there, or if he should... Um... Oh, okay. Well, Sheldrick's, so Sheldrick, just watch the injury space there with the ankle that you mentioned yep. as well. His break-even still 30. Chess's break-even... What did this guy say? Lost the chest, he said, um, have no cash left over, but possible Sheldrick loop. Oh, so, yeah, so he won't have any cash in the bank. So... Um, Ted, who asked this question, what I would do is if is have a look at who else you've got to cash out in the next few weeks. Yeah, okay. So if you if you have like say for example you've got someone like who are those Eagles guys, Chesser, um, um, the other guy, what's his name, Hewitt, Hewitt. If you've got a yeah. Hewitt on your side, if you've got someone else like a Windhager or something like that on your on your bench or something, you've got more players on your bench that you can cash out. Yeah, true. Then I would be. Um, it looks like you've got some good cash generation. I'd probably prioritize having that loop with Sheldrick, at least having the look. Um, if you don't, then I'd probably be, be trading Sheldrick out, having that cash. Um, Chess has got a lower break even, probably more job security in terms of staying in that side and an Australian West Coast team. So that's how I would split it. But at the end of the day, it is a bit of a flip of a coin. Um, who goes first out of Darcy Cameron or Bailey Dale? Someone that we um, didn't mention before, who's a bit more of a unique player. What's Bailey Dale been doing? I haven't looked at him too closely. We, we live so. in our own bubble, don't we? <laughs> so he's gone 78 and 96 the last couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, Ed Richards came back into the side last week. Who was it, Bailey Dale or who? Who goes first? Um, Darcy Cameron. Oh, They've got ongoing. Sydney this week. I'd probably still go Cameron. Yeah, I'd keep Dale. I'd keep down and go, Cameron. Yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, but if your upgrade was better on the Dale side, that might be one where I'd 
sort of side with whatever the, the better upgrade is, depending on who you're going to. Um, Les Lads asks, to finish the team, do I go Mills and keep 250k to upgrade Primo's for Ubers, or does he go to Parrish and keep the likes of Day and Sheasel for a few more weeks? Very good question. Very so, good go, question. so going to, I'm assuming going to, um, was it Mills? Mills. Would allow him to then move on like a Sheasel next week, potentially? We've got 250k cash, so I guess yeah, he'll be able to do be, some it wouldn't be this week. Next so, week. yeah, look, I don't. I think I'd almost be tempted to to pocket that one. I know Parrish has been putting up 120s, and Mills has kind of been in that 90 bracket. But the thought of the thought of then having to surely you could still get Sheasel to someone half decent the following week without pocketing a heap of cash, couldn't you? Because you'd have someone else um, on the bench that you could drop down to generate cash down. next week. He might be going down. I mean, yeah, again, it's, it does sort of depend on like what rookies you've got on your bench here. If, if we just compare Mills to Parrish, right? Yep. What do you think they're averaging? Like Compared what, to each other. What like, have they Or what do you think from here they oh, average from, this from point? here? Like from Mills from like, now to the end of the season, what does he average? What does Parrish average from now to the end of the season? Yeah, I think Mills maybe goes somewhere between like 97 and 100, and I think Parrish goes somewhere between 108 and... 110, like in that range. Yeah, okay. Well, in that instance, I probably would just go, I'd go to Parrish then. If if you believe that he's going to be outscoring him by 10 plus points. I'm not, Mills, we saw it again at fullback on the, yeah, that did suck. On the weekend from that Mills. did suck. Um, and he was going well up until so that point too. So, I'll flip it over back to you, Laird, uh, Laird's lads. If you think that Mills is going to go 10 plus points, I'd probably just get the better player in. If okay. you see them closer in being like a five point difference, then I'd probably go with the Mills option and, save that cash and hopefully do something with it next week. Um, yeah. Mills is a tough one because if he gets played in the role we want him to get played in exclusively, it is, it is he, he will go 110. Yeah, so let's maybe go one more because we've got a few questions and I just realised we've been going for an hour and 10 minutes. Forwards for under 820,000. Keys doesn't feel like any value now, but maybe the best that he can get. That is a tough question. Let's look at some of these forwards. Under 820. Um, geez, there isn't much there. Sheasel, he probably couldn't jump there now. Go all the way to the berg. Ride, ride the iceberg. Ride the berg for a little bit longer. That that would mean you've got what three hundred or four two hundred k left over. Maybe you could do something about it next week. Oh, I don't. It, it, it I feels feel, really tough. Yeah, is there? There's always got to be a scenario where you can. You don't have to settle. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're feeling, I'm assuming like, this person's got one rookie left in his forward line, and they, and he's just going, okay, who's to, the best that I can get this the rookie best to? I can get to. We'll go go Himmelberg as like a halfway house pocket, 250k. Hopefully, you get a 90 out of Himmelberg this week, and then you one step closer next week, and you've got some cash generation going on your bench, and then next week you trade Berg up if you can. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. Look, right, I don't, like, I don't uh, mind it. I just, I just will flag that he's got a tough matchup this week against um, Adelaide, who have been restrictive for defenders. But we see the Bombers put up some good scores against them this week, so you can't always sort of pencil that in. But yeah. he's definitely the most value of those guys, I would say. Um, if you want to be really bold and double down, just go to Sheasel. Um, if you that think would be brave, if you think he's going to be half half back, but I don't know if I can confidently say that. Uh, but Keys probably is the best, but we talked about him as a trade-out target. Um, 
I think he is but, close to maybe dropping a stinker. But think of those guys as a halfway house. Is that that's how we have to think of them? Yeah. It's like is you. But if you if you're going to do a halfway house, you might as well go the cheapest one and the one that's still making cash, and that's Berg. Yeah, because so, we saw in that role early in, early in the year, Keys could drop like a forty. Yeah. Don't yeah so I probably I probably agree with you then, and yeah. and go the Berg. In yeah. that scenario. Okay, we uh, we better go live our lives, hey, and yes. let these people play with their fantasy teams. Alrighty, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hopefully, you guys have a good uh, round coming up soon. Um, we will, hopefully, we'll confirm it on social media, but hopefully have a live show back again this Friday. It's the last Thursday night game for the year coming up this week, Luke. So, uh, I think Sydney Swans versus uh, someone, I think. Might be the Bulldogs, actually. So, big big yeah. game on the Thursday nights. Um, so, we'll react to that one and also go through our big boys on the, uh, oh, on the Friday yeah. as well. But until then, guys, we will catch you later. See ya! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.